Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets in the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dyson here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have Ingo Engelhard, who is sitting in Munster, Germany. Now, the cool thing about Indo Ingo is that I found him on Instagram with regards to rad racing. Now I encourage everybody to go check out rad racing. Cause I was just like, what is this all about? That's kind of what we're going to be talking about. But Ingo has a, a shop in Munster and he's going to give us a tour, but first we're going to do a little intro. Now, Ingo in Ingo Ingo lives in Hamburg and he celebrates Women's Day every day with his wife and his two daughters. He loves cycling. He's the founder of Rad Race with a couple of other friends in 2013. He organized cycling events all over the planet, mainly in Europe. He also rides for Canyon Rad Pack um, and runs a bike shop the first canyon shop worldwide he loves his friends loves to travel loves youtube <laughs> i love that we all love youtube and he loves vinyl records and cycling and maybe three other people <laughs> welcome indo to the podcast i'm so excited to have you and i'm so intrigued about what you're going to share with us Thank you so much, Sylvie. I'm happy to be in your podcast. So thanks for the invitation. So before and, uh, we set things straight, to set things straight, I'm living in Hamburg. The shop is in Hamburg. I'm in Hamburg right now. That's the Hamburg Harbor. So uh, our shop is right at the waterfront. Um, I was born and raised in Münster. That's uh, pretty much in the middle of Germany, not compared to Canada, because I think uh, our whole <laughs> country is like your capital, uh, yeah. uh, size-wise. <laughs> So, uh, still, it's a beautiful place. Um, uh, we have a beautiful summer. So, um, this is the shop, and uh, I, I, I work and uh, cycle in Hamburg, and uh, we do races, like you said in the intro, everywhere, um, mainly in Europe. Um, we did uh, stuff in uh, Colombia. We're, we're eager to go to uh, abroad. Uh, many people has uh, maybe you will show that video that you talked about, about Red Race. We're going to talk about that. Um, many people have approached us from anywhere. We have um, people who want to do races with us all over the place. So let's see where the future leads us. Right now, I'm sitting in Germany and I'm uh, thankful to be in your podcast. Oh my God. So everybody, to all our listeners, you're going to want to maybe flip over to our YouTube channel because Indo is, uh, well, I keep calling it Indo. Ingo is going to take us for a 
uh, tour of his shop because, as he said, he is sitting right in the harbor in front of his shop. So he's going to take us for a quick tour before we get into the meat of the podcast. So let's do that first. So everybody, I want you to flip over, if you can, to our YouTube where you can watch and listen and um, take in the sights of uh, Munster, Germany. So let's go for a walk. Still Hamburg. Hamburg, uh, so. sorry. Why do I keep saying Munster? <laughs> it's right in front of yeah, me, that's we, why. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not far away uh, Canada uh, in Canada comparison. So we're yeah, in well. uh, Hamburg. <laughs> ha- Hamburg is the second biggest city of uh, Germany. Uh, we founded this little clubhouse um, two years ago. Uh, we're the only place who sells Kenyan bikes. Um, wow. Maybe some people have seen that logo. Um, mm-hmm. Right now the shop is right now the shop is empty, so uh, I'm I'm free to talk. So um, what we do is we sell Kenyan bikes exclusively. Um, people can come here and test. They can have a coffee. Uh, they can watch the races. Uh, they can see some bike porn. Wow! So, um, I'll they, take that they can, one. <laughs> <laughs> they can browse through through Red Race merch. Um, uh, yeah, that's where some people work and uh, help me selling stuff. Uh, we we deliver delicious coffee. We work on Kenyan Kenyan bikes. Uh, we built some man caves. Uh, oh, the training a, cave yeah. is that the training cave? That, that that's also the garage. So uh, we have a big <laughs> garage where, where we also work on Kenyan bikes. That's we have a huge uh, basement, but basically uh, uh, that's it. It's that's gorgeous. Yeah, we love it and. Uh, we're very happy about it. And uh, yeah, it's like 25 people working here. And the good thing is we're right on the harbor. So mm-hmm. there's many, 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 many tourists. But still, there's also many beautiful people with beautiful bikes. And uh, yeah, we're happy to, to have this gorgeous place and to work from here. Um, and there's, there's another team. Uh, it's sitting in Berlin and Münster. Uh, and they, <laughs> <laughs> they organize all they they what they do is they organize all the events so what we do here from hamburg is the communication the the photos the videos um we sell the bikes um like i said the only um uh, shop that sells kenyan bikes uh, worldwide i think kenyan will explore that uh, more like apple shops in the future so um yeah we're gonna see more about kenyan shops so so can i ask you why you just exclusively sell kenyan bikes and you did say that you are the only distributor in Europe of Kenyan um, bikes. I mean, Kenyan is the only distributor about uh, uh, for Kenyan bikes, and they sell Kenyan bikes worldwide through Kenyan.com. Right. And we're we're a sponsored team since seven, eight years, since 2015. Uh, the team is called Kenyan Red Pack, and Kenyan yeah. always loved what, what we do with Red Race. They're a German uh, uh, company, and this okay. is why they. they this is why they uh, started sponsoring Red Race and the whole event series and the team in, uh, eight years ago or something. And then uh, since so many people approached us and asked us where they can buy Kenyan, um, we were forced to, to basically open up a, a shop and sell Kenyan bikes. But what we do is, just like in a Tesla uh, shop, you just go there. There's a couple of bikes on the wall. You can try them all out. We have a basement with more than 250 bikes. And you wow. can try them. You can try them all out in real environment. 
and uh, ride them on the roads, on, on, mm -hmm. the, on the, the, whenever, on gravel, or on, uh, you can ride wherever you want to try those bikes out. And then you, you order them um, uh, basically on canyon.com in our shop. So we don't, we don't have any bikes in stock. We only sell what's available on canyon.com, but that's a model that, that is very, very successful and it will mm -hmm. uh, give an example of how future bike shops are going to be uh, uh, run because uh, you don't need any logistics, you don't need any pre-order, you just basically sell what's online, then right. people order, order it to us, we set them up and people will walk out of the store with a fully set up bike. It's everything is paid already. We only do the fine adjustment and the setup. And um, once they have a problem, we fix it. We have uh, in two years, we have fixed more than 3,500 bikes. Wow. Uh, we have five people working on Kenya exclusively. And um, there's many, many other bike shops that sell everything, specialized track, BMC, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, what Kenyan uh, needs is experienced partners like the experience and we always say in a, in a city like hamburg with two million people or berlin that it's right across uh, our town with three hours away that's uh, very close to canadian canadian standards um people are swing by every day and buy bikes uh it's not stopping and uh yeah kenyan is just still needs people to that are able to work on bikes so so you said you had 250 bikes so those are basically all the models or is like that's each model different sizes or each model different sizes different colors the test fleet basically so you approach wow. uh, like the bike that you love that you just saw in the shop that yeah. where you said this is going to be mine i can <laughs> give it to you in small in medium and extra small you can try it out and if you like it we can order it online and then we set it up for you and you can pick it up a week later oh what a week later okay so how long does it take it if, depends it depends, it depends. If your bike so, is available if right, you can okay. check out your listeners or yourself, you can check out the Canyon Arrow SLX that you loved. You can <laughs> check it off. If, if it's available right now, it, um, it will be here in two days and we set it up right away. I think Canyon.com or Canyon has opened up a spot in uh, near Los Angeles. So I think okay. they ship to, uh, to America from Los Angeles. Uh, LeBron James has uh, acquired four percent. Yes, I heard about that. For thirty million, so they're gonna get huge uh, within the next couple of uh, years. Um, and we shipped. We already shipped uh, bikes to Canada, so uh, people have ordered bikes through us because I think Kenyan has not shipped to uh, at open shipping to Canada already. So we shipped a couple of bikes to Canada already. Uh, it took four weeks, but then they got delivered. So um, yeah. Yeah, well, four weeks is is not very long compared to what people are waiting for for bikes right yeah. now. Actually, yeah. it's like, yeah, four weeks will pass in like two minutes. So yeah. is there not a distributor in Canada? I guess not, eh? And there will never be a distributor because um, it's not not a uh, distributor, but somebody like your like a setup like yourself. They opening up shops like us. So I'm pretty sure in uh, in Los Angeles near I think between Los Angeles and San Diego, I forgot the uh, name of the city. Canyon is sitting there. I think you can fix your bikes there. And more or less every bike shop can fix Canyon bikes. They have the same components, just like mm -hmm. all the other uh, road bikes or uh, mountain bikes or gravel bikes. Uh, the only difference is that is uh, sale that is that it is sold uh, from the, in the first place online. So that's right. a big difference. And this is still why some bike shops don't really like Canyon, but it's um. If you ask me, 
Kenyon has opened, the father of Roman Arnold, who opened up Kenyon 30 years ago, he opened a bike shop just like us and he gained all the experience. And like 20 years later, he said, fuck it, I'm just going to sell everything online because I'm going to reach more people. And I'm not well, yeah. only, only selling Germany not right now. LeBron James has, has bought 4%, so it's going to explode. It's going to take over, and um, the bikes are awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I've seen more of them in the gravel scene for sure. Like yeah. now that yeah. like I'm getting into it and I've been on more pages and just seeing, you know, what other women are, are cycling on. And yeah. uh, so it's, and then I heard about LeBron James and then I saw you. And so it, it kind of like, it's just like snowballing where we're, some really quality bikes are coming into the gravel scene, which is yep. exploding and not going to go anywhere because. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's very interesting because uh, we, we also do a gravel bike event with red race. It's called red race 96 hours. And the concept is you have 96 hours to cross 600 kilometers in four days, self-supported. So we wow. do it from uh, France through uh, Italy to, uh, to Germany, to Luxembourg, to some uh, European countries, um, and how um, <laughs> many like and five? Gravel, <laughs> and uh, and in, in in typical road bike races, there's an average of fifteen percent um, uh, female riders. But mm. the people that are buying Kenyan gravel bikes here, um, the percentage of of females uh, women is is like is like thirty forty percent. So all those women will get attracted to drop bars and to finally maybe um, uh, get a little bit addicted of road biking and road racing as well. So we, we tried for such a long time to bring more women into uh, uh, road biking, but I think gravel racing will do the trick because it's, um, it's very, it's not that compatible. You have like wider clothes. You, it's, a, it's a very open scene compared to the fixed, scene, fixed gear scene. Um, it has a lot of similarities. Oh, well, fixed gear is a whole different story, but road racing, and I've, I've been racing, I started racing in 2005 to 2013, so on the road scene, but I do see, even myself here, um, I have a women's cycling club, and um, racing is not what it was, or even what it, it tried to be as a, as a female, and I see a lot of women going to gravel because of, you know, less traffic, it's safer, um, more terrain you can travel on. Um, and then bike packing is becoming huge and bike, um, touring and, and it's just, it's really, really exciting to see as a, a female cyclist with, you know, like the, the last 20 years as to the evolution that's been going yeah, and, on. And if, in my opinion, you, you forgot the main component and this is, I don't want to sound stupid. But my experience is women are not attracted to that competitive much of comp com yeah. competition. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So so when we do the races and the tours and the events that we do, um, they're not that much attracted of the races we do, but the tours. We have a, an event series that is starting in two weeks in, in Italy. It's called Tour de France, uh, like friends, like of friendship, not oh. of France, but Red Race Tour de France. You can yeah. check it out on, on redrace.com. And, um, and it attracts almost 40% of female riders. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not because um, uh, it has a competition included. If you want, you can race a competition on the uphill uh, segments, but it's, it's a community mm -hmm. event. You can, everybody rides the 600K through beautiful Italian villages. And in the gravel events, 
yes, it's less traffic and less dangerous and everything you said before. But in my opinion, it's a lot about the less competitive side of things. Mm -hmm. you, you just have a good time. You just you just ride your bike and no one cares if it's fast or, or, or slow. It, it really doesn't matter. So that attracts a lot a wider audience than than all the other stuff and that is a lot compared to the um to the fixed gear scene um, yeah because th i this totally is the same agree thing. yeah i totally agree with you even here like the the amount of gravel events you know it's true you can make it competitive or not you can have a good time you can ride with your friends or you can go be going for time and it's nice that there's less like you have that option as a cyclist like if as a participant and i yeah i totally see like i used to organize a time trial event with the federation here in quebec and um and you know there's only so many people who are going to go to that type of event and then i organized a women's gravel event and that was small because it was last minute but it has the capacity of growing and i've been to some of those festival gravel events and um you know, they're just huge and they're so much fun to go to. But let's yeah, get into absolutely. let's get into rad racing. Now, this is an indoor single speed racing circuit. Like when I was watching it, I felt like it was like it's like underground. It's like dark and it's um, it's like you're on a race car track. So talk about talk about the what 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 it's like how it came about and like just the the whole concept of that the 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 type of indoor race this is yeah so maybe maybe you can now do a split screen where i i explain the concept of red red <laughs> you're going to show that youtube video that 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 i've sent yeah you. maybe i can insert so, um, it i could probably maybe insert it but keep talking who, who otherwise otherwise just click the link um yeah <laughs> so when we founded red race we were huge fans of um of cycling still are still addicted everyone who works uh, for red race that's almost uh, 30 people now they are all cycling addicts it doesn't matter of gravel bike uh, uh, road bike mountain bike or, or fixed gear it really doesn't matter we're all cycling addicts and uh, we made our uh, hobby a profession uh, but the the shitty thing about cycling is it's the worst sport to watch it's just the worst so um <laughs> on tv it might make sense um there's the vuelta running in spain right now it might make sense so the only thing you need is a helicopter and a tv production <laughs> worth half a million euros and then it makes fun so um my my little uh, girls they are two and four i raced a, a, a big event uh with a couple of friends uh last sunday in hamburg and i told them or they were like daddy can we can we go see you i was like yeah you can mm. then they were they were trying to find me and uh what happens <laughs> is they were waiting uh on this road for half an hour already getting frustrated two and four year olds you can imagine how the, uh, uh -huh. how the excitement was uh, after 30 minutes and then i was passing with uh, 50 kilometers of uh of high speed uh, like what is that 35 miles yeah. per hour whatever <laughs> that is in canadian american standards but it's fast it's, and you're gone you're like hey it's, it's, bye the the racing is like that and then that was fucking racing i mean that that's <laughs> just that's just the worst sport ever 
and um, it, it doesn't make sense. So we're, we were trying to come up with a, with a format that makes sense for not only the races, but also for the audience. Um, uh, we weren't thinking about TV or anything. Some of our races are now on GCN or Eurosport, so you can watch our races um, there too. But we wanted to make something that is exciting for our friends to watch. And then we were like, all right, we need to find a place like a football stadium. Obviously, a football stadium is uh, quite a little bit too big. So we were thinking of an indoor car track. We just Ooh. get rid of all that motor engines and everything, but everything is set up already. They have tribunes, they have light, they have sound, they have, um, and they have a track. So basically what we said is we're going to combine that with track racing because track racing has fixed gear, bikes, Track racing is the worst. It's even worse than uh, road bike racing. People go around in circles. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It's, it's <laughs> like for people from the outside world that don't have anything to do with cycling, it's the worst. It doesn't make sense. Like if I would take someone to, to, a, to a track bike race, nobody un understands the concept because you don't know how many rounds they go. It's, it's yeah. just even worse. It's, 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 what about it's a criterium? Criteriums aren't too bad. Still, still, still the worst. If it's going for points, no one understands it. If it's for the first, all right, you can see them. But then don't compare the American crit scene. Oh. I'm not sure about the Canadian crit scene, but don't compare the American crit scene to the rest of the world. It's, it's not working out in Europe. If you see a crit criterium in Europe, it's 100 people, only the parents watching. It doesn't make sense. So you're, going, you're not going to see stuff like Red Hook Crit or Red Race, you're not going to see it anywhere um, apart from America. So it's hard to understand for anyone outside the US, but it's not happening in Europe. So Europe, it's about road racing, uh, the mountains, uh, the Tour de France, uh, the Giro d'Italia, the Vuelta. And that's a lot like the Belgian classics, uh, the, the Dutch classics. That's something that people understand. And that's great to watch on TV, mm -hmm. not the whole 300 kilometers because that doesn't make sense to watch yeah. 300 kilometers of road bike racing. I, I have, I think I have we only watched the last 10k, anyways. <laughs> exactly, or the six-minute uh, highlights. It, yeah. it doesn't make sense. So what we are trying to do is find a concept that makes sense for the audience, and then we were trying to bring them into an arena. And we came up with the idea of a last man standing. And basically, the concept is we're doing a tournament. That uh, if you're looking at the tournament. Uh, it looks like a tennis tournament. So you have yeah. like a round of 64, uh, round of 32, uh, quarterfinal, semifinal, finals. Um, it's running in heats. So you have eight riders um, uh, uh, per heat and only the first four are remaining and they uh, move on into the next uh, round. So uh, you start with 128 riders until only one man or woman is still standing and that's the concept so it's about the last and not the first so people are cheering always for the last uh, because you don't want your friend your your teammate your 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 local hero to get eliminated you're always cheering for the last to not get eliminated the last is eliminated he has to leave the race and then it's only seven and then the next two rounds and every after every second lap the last rider is eliminated until <gasps> oh. only four are still standing and then okay, they so move it's, on into the next round. Is it timed or is it amount of laps? Yeah. It, it's timed, but no one cares about the timing. It's the amount of laps. So it's only 
uh, eight laps. And after every second lap, the last rider is eliminated. And oh. the first four of each heat are moving on to the next one. You can link the uh, the concept of Red Race in the documentary of Last mm -hmm. Man Standing. We have it on Red Race YouTube so people will understand the concept. And then in the finals, you have eight riders in the men's final, eight riders in the women's final, and they are riding now 14 laps. And ever, after every second lap, the last rider is eliminated until only ah. one is still standing. And this is why it's called Red Race Last Man or Last Women Standing. And people are going nuts. They drink beer, uh, loud music in the background. I'm doing the announcement, the yeah. shouting, and then people are just going crazy. And it's almost 2,000 people in the arena paying eight euros to get in. That's how much is that? $10 to get in. Yeah. And then, um, and that's quite a lot for people basically to pay entrance for a cycling race. And they go right. crazy. They stay for the after show party. Well, they, they drink. <laughs> they drink a lot of beer. Uh, yeah. we, we're, making, we're making more money with beer than with all the entrance fees. And then, then people are just going nuts. They, they go bananas for, for seven hours. And the Whoa! Last, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, the whole thing lasts seven hours. And the final race is only, let's say, half an hour. And uh, the last one and a half hours are uh, uh, on GCN uh, uh, live. But that's yeah. where the, the, the show starts. So um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's basically the thing. It's happening in Berlin every year in March. The, uh, the date for next year is set already. So... Um, there's people from all over. People are from Canada. From we have a Canadian rider who won, who won it in 2017. Edison Sawada. He was a, I think he's a, he's a mountain bike racer, a dirt bike racer. He's, he came in from Canada. Uh, he won it two times. He, he's super awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's a, uh, and this is great for the audience. So um, uh, this I is can see how that, that would be yeah. exciting. And basically, our big dream is to have a world series, like a world championship series. Yeah. Um, last man standing, and uh, in let's let's take it uh, where the final talks are uh, with people from uh, Los Angeles, Sao Paulo, Berlin, and London. And it could be that there's going to be a world series within the next two, three years or something. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. It's still if the event. In Berlin, I hope you're going to see it someday live. It's, it's. I tell you, it's life changing because it changes your perspective of cycling. People, I know so many friends now that visited this place. It's like um, the Fast and the Furious. You go into yeah. uh, this 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 little Berlin backyard. Then you enter the store. There's only hipsters with tattoos and everything. Like people from all the world. People speaking English, French, Italian, whatever. And you, you get into the arena and you stick your head in and then you, people are going crazy for people on fixed gear bikes. Then you, you, some, some bike crashes over you. Um, yeah, and, and no I was watching is, is, that. Is it's so like it's crazy. Crashes. It's just bananas. Yeah. It's, and the crashes are not that bad because, I mean, you crash, we had broken bones, but it's not like in a road bike race where people risk their lives because um, the average speed is still around 30k for the for the for the finals right. but it's not like a 50, 50k uh, right uh, or yeah and every, mm -hmm. everyone can sign up if you're fast enough everyone can sign up so um if, if you're good and you're technical uh technically good on your bike you're you you can make it to the finals. technically not, good like on myself, a fixed speed yeah yeah <laughs> i my, don't know if my, i'm technically good only, on a single speed <laughs> my my only trick is to ride fast uh straight up 
But yeah, uh, uh, I, w- I would be eliminated after one round. But if you if yeah, you go like straight you take... into the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you? So you mentioned that you do you do this event in other locations. You mentioned you have like, if somebody in Canada were to say, "Hey, I have a location for you," would you organize this event or an no. event? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And okay. Like, uh, so imagine we're doing this like i don't know check out the the youtube link or our instagram or something so many people watch the footage now because what we also changed is we want to change the perspective not only for us but also for other people how they see cycling so that's yeah. a big goal that we have so what we are trying to bring in is um the vr drones so the the uh, the footage is made by people with vr drones they are sitting there and they uh, they're looking through their virtual reality um, uh, glasses. Oh my gosh! And then no. you have the you have the feeling that you are inside the race. So um, so you can only use the VR pilot once for one race. After that, he's full in sweat. He's 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 like he did the race on its on uh, on his <laughs> own. And then you have to change the pilot. And then but we do is uh, right now we only test it for the finals. But next year we want to bring like the whole thing. We, we switch in with an HDMI cable into his glass, into his uh, virtual reality glass. And then you could see the whole thing from the perspective of a rider in the race. And it's, it's different to a GoPro or something because check out the video in the link below. I think you can, can link it. Yeah. Um, we tested it out for the finals and this changes cycling because uh, they can go uh, with an average speed of 50K or something. It's insane. And if you watch it, you go like this because you have the feeling uh, as if you were uh, in the race and you can bring the live signal into GCN and they can bring it to people's homes. And um, what we are going to do is we're not going to do a single event in Canada or something. What what we do, we're we trying to, if we do it internationally, we're going to do the whole thing legit, like the Formula One circuit of uh, right. of uh, circuits of, of fixed gear. So bring out the 32 best riders into four major cities all over the planet, fly them in because uh, if it would be Sylvie and Ingo riding, it would be super boring for spectators. Yeah. So we need to bring <laughs> the 32 best worldwide into four cities and local mm-hmm. riders can sign up. Let's say we bring it to Quebec, Canada. Uh, people can sign up uh, from Canada and if they're good enough, they can make it into the finals. If they're bad, then not. We still have the 32 best from all over the world yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, riding. So. And we would be able to do it uh, in, in some city anywhere on the planet right now, but we want to make it legit. We want to make it good and we want to make it um, for real and, and not one single event. So, um, yeah, we, and if you're not, like I said, fuck it. We're just going to do it in Berlin. It's going to be super awesome and people just have to come over and see it. <laughs> and see it. Well, that's, that's one reason why you go traveling, right? It's to see events or participate in events like that. Oh mm-hmm. my God, that is so exciting. Like when I was watching it, I'm like, yeah it's insane it's insane enough and we we tested out the vr pilots and what we do we we now approach the european championships of vr racing so what (laughs) they do they build their own drones and they have of course world championships european championships and those kids are super talented and they are obviously able to fly in professional sports events because they are super awesome in bringing the uh the life how should I say that the, the atmosphere of an event into your homes and 
obviously you can't do it in a football or whatever game, but it will be available for indoor sports or in the Olympics at some 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 races. It it and it's then it, it's then it changes sport because you have the feeling of being uh, you are in it. Wow. That is crazy. But then it's like, fuck it. If it doesn't work, well, we still have our event. Exactly. <laughs> I like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that exactly. kind of attitude, actually. You know, it's like, well, we'll try this. Doesn't work. Well, we always have what yeah. is working and growing on that, too. Because you could do two events. All. You could do two events a year, spring and, and fall. Yeah, we could. But then again. <laughs> We could, but what does it take to put one of those on? Like it's, logistically, like, are you planning the whole year? Like as soon as one finishes the planning for the next one starts, or is it kind of like you've, it's like a fine, finely oiled machine. Like everything kind of falls in place. Like it just starts over from scratch and gets running. Um, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure many of your uh, listeners, especially from uh, the U.S., will be familiar with Red Hook Crit. Have you heard of that? The Retro Crit? Red Hook. The, the, oh, the Red Hook. Red Hook Crit in, in New York. Uh, no. London, Barcelona, Milan. Yeah, yeah. just put a link in your, in your comments. It, David Trimble is the guy. He was, the, uh, he was organizing a huge global fixed gear circus and he was oh. doing Criterium, uh, but he was focusing on fixed gear only. He had <gasps> huge sponsors. Oh. Had, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You, you see it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was huge. It was, it was a, a global event. Fixed gear riders from all over the world were traveling to Barcelona, Milano, uh, London, and New York. He, he's in Brooklyn, in, uh, in Red Hook, and he, he, he did the whole thing. But he focused mainly on one sponsor, um, Rockstar Games, and he focused oh. on fixed gear. And this is something that Red Race never did. We always focused on cycling. Like our heart and soul is into cycling. We don't care whatever bike someone rides. It doesn't matter as long as you're using two wheels instead of four, we love you. So we did, on, we still do gravel racing, uh, tours, road biking, fixed gear. It doesn't matter. And if you check out redrace.com, you're going to see we have a couple of events and Fixed gear is only two of those. So, right. um, so we would do nothing but only fixed gear. So if you ask us about the last one standing, of course, it's a huge production. It's 50 people. The planning goes on for months. We have now everything in place for next year already, but we're still organizing stuff like a yeah. tour in, Col in Colombia, a tour in France, a tour in Italy, uh, a road bike race in the south of Germany that's huge so we're doing five events and then we have a bike shop we have our own team we have our lives and family so uh, we're not focusing on doing a last man standing as our main event this is what right. Red Hook did and this is why they went bankrupt and don't want to blame or, or tell false stuff so or fake news so you have to do an interview with Trimble, mm -hmm. but basically they focused on fixed gear racing and that was not enough because fixed gear is still a tiny part. It's very of, niche. Yeah. Of cycling of the industry and everything. So um, if you ask me, the production is huge. Yes. But Red Race is more than just this 
uh, one event right. uh, and it will always be. And if this is why when you ask, come over to Canada, I was like, yeah, I'd like to do it. But if not, who cares? Um, uh, people from Canada come, can come over. And there's many people from the US, Canada, Australia. There's many people uh, planning their holidays around a red race event. So mm -hmm. you can be part of it and then experience Europe and do a tour. Um, yes. and, and we have a punk rock background. Uh, we try out a lot of things and we're not like um, an industry or part of any, anything bigger. It's just us uh, that founded Red Race. And yes, it's growing, but if it's not growing, it's going to stay like this. We don't give a fuck. We just want to have a good time <laughs> and we want to yeah, fix bikes, it... work, work on bikes. And, and if it's not happening, it's not getting bigger. Seriously, no one cares. Well, so <laughs> I love that. Nah, nah, to you. Now, um, now you talked about you employ 30 people. Now, do are all these are some of these employees part of the organizing group that help you organize all these separate events? Like, is that part of Rad Race, like the company? Or is it part yes, of Canyon? Yes, yes. And no, 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 no. Can, Canyon, I mean, just tell your, uh, or I can tell your listeners myself, yeah. check, yeah. check out, <laughs> check out. It, it feels like we're having a conversation on the phone. That's quite cool. Um, so um, uh, check out redrace.com, red-race.com. And you go, if you scroll down that page, you're going to mm -hmm. see all the sponsors that support Red Race for a couple of years now. So Canyon or Oakley, for example, global brands are just supporting Red Race because they love what we do. And they, they let us do our thing. And right. uh, they're not giving us any money or tell us what to do. They're basically saying, just do whatever you do. And it has always been good. It has been with heart and it has been with soul. So try to give people a feeling of what cycling can be. It's, it's more than just sitting on your bike. So this is why we also not started with selling bikes or glasses or something. We started with events. We started with the last man standing. That was the first concept we oh, ever okay. did uh, eight or nine years ago. And this is why Kenyon came up to us and said, it's, it's great what you do. We need to talk. It's not, we're not selling any fixed gear bikes, but we love what you do. Our, we say we love cycling and we just transport that through you. So it's not people from Kenyon that work here. It's a couple of people that are bike addicts. And of those, out of those 30 people, four of them, uh, five, four or five of them are only organizing the events. And then we're helping and bringing up a lot of people from our um, uh, circle of friends, circle of people we know. And for a production like uh, The Last Man Standing, it's almost uh, 45 people working on the wow. production photographers, uh, uh, VJs, um, event people, event organization. It, it's a lot of stuff is happening, but still... Um, it's, it's, uh, the main work is done by five people. Um, but if you have a look at uh, red hook crit, uh, that we, what we just talked about, I think mm -hmm. they only worked also from a very small office with a couple of people. You can, right. you can achieve, you can achieve a lot with a, with a yeah. handful of people. Mm -hmm. Um, you only then need the right amount of people for the final event itself. Right. So can I ask, like you have your certain sponsors that you're talking about, Ingo, like, how does it financially, how do you financially do that? Is it just through the, you have paying sponsors or do you have, is it all from registrations and entry? I'm just asking as curiosity no, no. because as an event organizer, 
it's there's there's expenses right and um yeah. so yeah i'm yeah, personally so curious i'm 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 just whoever watches the video i'm i'm laughing because <laughs> um, like i said we're a couple of friends and uh, we came up with the idea of Red Race because I was a running organizer before and I worked in advertising. Okay. So, um, uh, so I kind of combined that and I came up with a lot of ideas for, for bigger mass running events. And mm -hmm. then um, I told my friends, all right, I'm now into cycling. Are you going to start something <laughs> new with me? Um, and I think I can make a lot of money with cycling and uh, I, I, I just love it. So let's just do it. Um, for example, I did a running event with 50,000, 15,000 people paying almost 100 euros to get in. And then, um, yeah, let's do it. The last man standing has 175 registrations. Then we need to stop because we can't run it for longer than seven hours. Right. And then the, the, start, the starting fee is 40 euros. So you can calculate you, only, you not even have $5,000 mm -hmm. out of registration fees. So basically, uh, we found out pretty quick that with cycling <laughs> events, you can't make a lot of money uh, yeah, out of registration seriously. fees. Then we found out uh, you won't make a lot of money through sponsoring because in the first three, four years, no one gave a shit what we do. We just did, we just did what we do. We spent all our money. Only in the third year, uh, Canyon was approaching us with, I think, 5,000 euros, what's like uh, one Canadian dollar. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was not that much and it took us forever. So it was always a mix between sponsoring, event fees, a lot of work that we put in through um, uh, content production because people mm. love what we do. People loved our videos, photos, always. They always approach us and say, can you do something uh, for us, for Oakley, for Canyon, for, for Gore-Tex, for, for any of those brands? They were trying to send us to somewhere in the world to shoot, to, to take videos there we made some money and we put it back into red race we burned it with some other events we tried out stuff um and now we we found uh, the balance of selling bikes sponsoring event mm -hmm. fees um the marketing um uh, and and doing some agency work still um the shop makes a lot of money now but um we're still growing everything into into one big um bucket Hot. We, yeah. we turn it we turn it around we still waste a lot of money money and then and then we we sometimes it's a, it's a good idea sometimes it's a bad idea it paid out in the end that we never took any fast money because let's say this stupid firm wanted to sponsor us i have no one of, <laughs> of i think they had a like and and people like that they came to us some insurance companies they wanted to give us hundred thousand euros but still two canadian dollars and um, it, would have, it would have ruined the idea of Red Race. So mm -hmm. we only took the brands that we love, that we ride ourselves. So if I look at the, at the stuff that we do, that we stand for, um, it's only stuff that I can relate to. And this is why we never took the fast money. And yeah. um, for the, let's, for, let's take an example for, um, for a Last Man Standing, Last Woman Standing World Series. We need a, a seven-figure budget but only a couple of brands would make sense. Let's take, for example, Swift. They would make sense because Canyon, Oakley, they wouldn't have anything against that. You can't take Specialized but because we're already a Canyon-branded mm -hmm. uh, uh, team and, and event. We cannot take Oakley because they won't spend 2 million euros on idiots like us. Uh, but um, <laughs> we need a global sponsor, it, but it, it will never be 
BMW or Mercedes or something. So um, mm -hmm. it needs to fit. And like I said, if it doesn't fit, we won't do it. Right. And I love that you talked about that because it is so it takes such a long time to figure out what the right balance is. Like you've got a season, which is a, it's like a year. You're like, okay, yep. let's try it this year. Okay. That worked. That didn't work. All right. Let's yep. try it another year. So it's like year after year until you find the balance. And I've, I found that myself too. And it's, it's really hard. Um, but you know, you've got yeah. a great group. Now I just wanted to ask also for yourself, the Canyon Rad Pack, cause you're, racing as well or yeah is it just is it just part to stay fit um, no no healthy it's or I, in cycling it's because when i like i said when i when i was doing the running events and when i was running a lot um some guy gave me a road bike and um it, <laughs> i love that guy like, that guy i i, lo I love that guy too uh it, it's a funny story because uh, in another podcast that i did with a with a, a Rick Zabel, uh, people can check it out. It's called Plan Z. Uh, it's on Spotify too. It's in German. Sorry, sorry guys. But um, uh, we found out how the, uh, this guy's name is, and uh, this uh, because he gave me a road bike 15 years ago. And this pro who's riding for Israel Cycling, um, he found out how, how the name of the guy is. He gave me a road bike. I I rode it after two hours. I rode down a mountain with 50 miles per hour. I was hooked. And uh, I, I, I hung up my running shoes. Yeah. I, know, uh, I only want to cycling and I, I just love it to today, until today. And I still do a lot of racing, but I was never doing all the licensing and all that shit. Right. I hated okay. that with cycling, all the, all the different categories. And this is also something uh, we mm -hmm. do at Red Race. There's no license, there's men and women. Right. And then you can just go for it. And then you can have a good time. If you're good, you can make it to, into a couple of next rounds. But then the, we also have uh, event formats just, such as the Tour de France, such as Red Race 96 Hours, such as Red Race 120, where everyone has the same racing time, where people, right. it doesn't matter what, what, what category of riders, rider you are, will have a good time. And um, because, so back to your question, yes, I like riding, but I like, racing i like everything it's 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 more than just staying fit uh, for for staying fit i do swimming a lot so i'm not being like uh, only the guy on the road bike um it's it's something that i that i do i like the speed i like everything about it let me come back to the stupid part um <laughs> one of <laughs> of being for sure. germans because <laughs> germans germans are famous for two things uh not being very uh, uh funny and not being very smart. So really? The, the, oh, the, come on. The, the, sec, the second part, <laughs> we were saying we always wanted to ride uh, in Colombia. So we booked oh. flights to Colombia. And there's a YouTube documentary about that trip also on our YouTube channel. It's in English. You can watch it. And uh, <laughs> we were just trying to organize a tour de France, a red race tour de France in Colombia. So we said, all right, fuck it. We just fly to Colombia. We spend 25,000 euros on flights, on everything. And we plan an event. And Colombia, we find a person in uh, in the middle of Germany, uh, Oscar, a uh, Colombian, who, who happens to 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 join us for that trip. We we learned uh, um, uh, about him in, at another red race event, and then we took him. We fly flew over to Colombia. We organized everything, and then we just said to people, "All right, join us for red race Tour de France Colombia." Um, people were signing up, 200 people, and two days later, um, COVID happened. We had to cancel the whole thing. 
And oh, until fuck. today, two years later, the Finnish and Start arcs are still in four cities in Colombia. The Bank of Colombia still has money from us. We have event equipment in Bogota. We have, uh, we, when the <laughs> event was, we already had our event team, the four people that I talked about, stranded in Colombia, not being <laughs> able to get back to Germany because uh, COVID happened. They shut down all the airplanes. So um, about being stupid, yes, we tried out a lot of things and we burned <laughs> a lot of money in Colombia. But in 2024, we're going to do a Red Race to the Friends in Colombia again. And um, it was a great experience. We're not bankrupt. And we, we had a great time. We have a great YouTube clip that you can watch. It was an amazing experience that I will never forget. And um, we did so many things that are stupid. But we always did. Well, it with I don't heart. think you can say that was stupid. That was just like bad timing for like yeah. you and like the rest of the world. It just so happened. That... Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> even in Red Race, it, it was 11 boys, one girl founding Red Race. And in this um, group of people, the founders, there is people that say, you can't go to like, Colombia. It's stupid. You will waste money. Oh, it's not going to work okay. out. Then COVID happened. They said, all right, now you wasted 50,000 euros. So <laughs> we need the money for employees and whatever. And then there's this, those people um, that are like the main bunch. They, they just say, all right, fuck it. We're just going to do it. It's, it. It will work out in the end. And we, we, we made good progress <laughs> with being stupid. <laughs> I think that's the key. <laughs> fuck yes. it. Let's just do it. Because yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not canceling. Let's just do it. We're going to do it with whoever's come, who, yeah. whoever has signed up. And that's it. Because I find that canceling is kind of like the worst thing you could do for an event, especially when you're looking to grow it and build it for, you know, years coming forward. So I'm all for that. Yeah. And that's do it. And that's also good for Red Race and Red Race <laughs> or if people, people are organizing their own stuff. Um, since we are not only doing one event such as a fixed gear event, we can focus on building Red Race as a full event series with all kinds of things. So mm -hmm. um, right now, and back to gravel racing, what we talked about in the beginning, and I'm pretty sure Canada has a lot of small gravel races. Mm -hmm. I mean, Canada, it must be beautiful. And let's, let's put it in this podcast. We're going to ride Canada one day and we're going to meet and we're going to have a good time. And then um, people are coming up right now with a lot of small events that are not about money. They just do it by heart and they're just going to do, fuck it. I'm just going to do a gravel race through the woods and I'm just going to call it Canadian border bash or whatever. And you're going to have a good time. And, and <laughs> I then, like that. And then I... People... <laughs> and, I can and take then, that. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you're going to race and then you're going to do it and it, it grows or not. And that mm -hmm. is the good thing about gravel you don't need to close roads you don't need to stop mm -hmm. traffic you can basically come up with a cool route on Komoot, and then uh you you could just basically start it this is what happens in europe right now with a lot of small people small organization groups of people that bring up smaller events i think and also it it um it it goes to the organizers if they have the longevity to keep it going it will grow you know, it's like having the mindset yes. of being, you know, fuck it, we'll just do it and we're going to make it better next year. Or, you know, the other mindset is like, well, this wasn't big enough. We're going to cancel it for and not and not continuing. So it's like they're there. They're either going to grow or they're going to disappear and you're going to. And exactly. uh, 
and whoever's exactly. last standing. Yeah. So this has been awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else like for our listeners that you want to share before we, um, besides where they can find you, which is all going to be in the show notes. Um, what you can tell us about uh, maybe this fall, what's going on this fall. Um, we have one event coming up. It's called Red Race to the Friends, like friendship. Yeah, you're telling, yeah. Um, it's 400 riders crossing the Dolomites. Um, I hope you're going to experience it one day, Sylvie. The it's Dolomites? It's super awesome. Uh, oh. The Dolomites. And it's, um, I want to go to Canada, but um, I also said to myself, I don't need those worldwide flights to New Zealand. We are in Europe. We feel very lucky to be alive to, 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 to be able to ride Italy, it's six, seven hours away from us. We have the yeah. most beautiful places in Europe. Swing by. We had Canadian riders in the last event we did in, uh, in, in Berlin, Fix 42. It's also a fixed gear event. Um, uh, who told us that they were coming over for our race, that, that, are, that are riding in Canada, that's on experience. I think they were riding Croatia. Uh, Austria you can you can basically experience um, Europe on your bike so um, just try to experience Europe it's super awesome you can travel 10 countries within four weeks and and every country will lead you to different destinations people and 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 I don't know stories and um, uh, still I want to take this as a I don't know as a as a as a starting point we're going to ride Canada. Oh, Canada's big. I know. You got to decide where you're going to start first. T- tell me, tell me <laughs> good places, uh, send it over to me and we're going to make, uh, we're going to make a top 10 list where to go in Canada. And, uh, it, it's, 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 it's on our list, but, um, we're still young. We're still very, very and ex- excited to do and learn more people, new stuff, more continents. Uh, Canada is on our list. It, it feels like an own continent. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it is. <laughs> it's, it's huge. I just came back from PEI, and if I had known about the trails that they had there, I would have been really had brought my bike because you can. And it's a small, small island. It's like probably one of your one of the countries in Europe. Um, and it's like four hours from tip to tip. And it's like, they have 700 kilometers of trails, a road, um, rail trails that have been converted to road cycling paths. And yeah, it it is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do a little bit more research on where I was going, which is my bad. But, you know, um, Ingo, the, the more I talk to Europeans and what they have going on, over there it's it just blows my mind and it it makes me want to travel and that's how i got into doing some gravel events in your in the united states honestly because canada is is small Uh, it's big but there's not a lot of gravel going on as much as in the states like everywhere like every weekend you can find a gravel event in the united states Easter, east side, central, west coast, like they have some big events that have been going on for, you know, decades. Um, and it's just really inspirational. And then talking about what you're doing in Europe, it's just like, I don't have enough years in my, my life to be <laughs> doing everything. I know. I, know. Or I need to, I need to have a, an, an, like, um, 
you know, uh, be able to travel and work at the same time. But I am really, really happy that we were able to connect and have you on the podcast talking about Rad Race. Like, this is so inspirational for me, and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners. So I just want to thank you so much for making the time um, to to talk and and share this. Like, this has been a great conversation. Like, I wish I was closer. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, thank I could talk to my husband about so getting much. a job in Europe. <laughs> so we can move over yeah there. you you know you know what i i talked to i talked to a canadian girl who uh who was sitting there with a red race shirt uh she she called me and she just um she set up a call through email and uh, she's like my name is amanda i want to work for you set up a call i want to convince you i need to work for red race and i was like all right this is this is exceptional so um yeah i Send her a Teams link. She called me. She's from Canada. Where and, uh, do you do you know where from Canada? I don't want to spoil all the secrets. So uh, oh, okay. Talk. And that uh, and to be honest, I don't remember where it was exactly, okay. but it was Canada. <laughs> it, and and it, it was it was Canada. And she wanted to move here. She was she was sitting there in a red race T-shirt. She wanted to move here, work as a mechanic. And she wanted to leave oh. Canada and live in Europe, live in live in in Hamburg. The good thing is, if once you're in Europe, everything is so close compared yeah. to Canadian standards. So uh -huh. let's uh -huh. let's take it in in six or eight hours. You can be pretty much be everywhere. We in Germany, that's pretty much in the, in the center of of everywhere you want to go. So um, compared to Canadian standards, it feels like a big city, but you have everything. Like right now, I'm sitting in the harbor of Hamburg. No mountains uh, as far as I can see, but um, give me six hours, I'm in the Alps. And uh, yeah, she was a Canadian uh, who was wanting to come over. So maybe next time we talk, we're working with a Canadian. Uh, you never know. Oh, you never know. So just to give you perspective, we drove 14 hours to get to PEI and, and went through one province. <laughs> so, unreal. unreal. Uh, that is unreal. And you saw one gas, <laughs> and you saw one gas station and one bear. Yeah. That's the only thing you saw. <laughs> a lot of tourist shops oh my gosh but yeah, this yeah. has been Unreal. amazing <laughs> so when when you say you're Thanks, coming Cindy. to canada you better be ready to drive <laughs> oh, fuck i hate driving but uh I, I will give my <laughs> or best biking and, uh, tell you just just tell me where i need to go in canada and then uh we'll make a top 10 list where, where to visit you can start with a gatineau park in uh, in ottawa <laughs> ontario <laughs> that's that's the best it's not the best. Quebec has the best. Um, there's well, so you got the Quebec in the east, BC in the west, and like 48 hours of driving in between, and a six-hour flight. <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> it's, it's like, like all of Russia, like New York, <laughs> Los Angeles, the others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. but so where can everybody find you let's finish up with that and um and we'll have um we'll send you back to work thank you so much for this and uh yeah all the best for your podcast. thanks a lot so instagram is where you can find them rad race dash so rad dash rate rad dot dash race dot com is where you can find all the information um, and all their social links. So thanks a lot, Ingo. I have 
love chatting with you. Thanks so much. All right, gang. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. It was so cool to talk to Ingo sitting there outside his shop in Hamburg, Germany. You know, it's so amazing that social media can bring so much of us together and find each other online. And that's where I find so many amazing people. And, you know, he's just one of them. And he was so grateful to gracious to come on the podcast and share Rad Race, what it is, his shop, Canyon Bikes, his passion for cycling. And uh, don't you just love his attitude? I love his attitude. You know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. We still have what we're doing and that's been working and who cares? So, but please share this. I thought this episode was amazing and um, I just hope you have an amazing day and enjoy the rest of the fall and all of our guests to come. Take care. Hey friends, thank you for enjoying this podcast episode. I'd love to invite you to visit our new and exciting page on buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod to check out some cool downloadables. And if you are so inclined to supporting the podcast with the purchase of a coffee would be greatly appreciated in helping keep the podcast going. Also, providing a separate rating and review on your favorite platform with any thoughts about the podcast are hugely helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.